Good morning, good morning. Welcome to celebration this morning. This morning's gonna be a little bit different um, as this is our Eucharisteo service. And uh, so today's gonna look just a little bit different than usual. So I'm gonna invite you in just a moment to stand and worship with us. But before we do, I wanna read from Matthew 26. You know, I was thinking, um, you know, if you're joining us online, by the way, before, before I start, uh, if you're joining us online, watching via the streaming, I just want to encourage you, get, get yourself um, some juice or something to just participate with us this morning, some, some of the, uh, the elements, the juice, grape juice, whatever you've got in your home, whatever, whatever's available in the moment, salting crackers, whatever you got, just get something to participate with us this morning. Um, you know, as I was thinking about this year, 2020's been a been an interesting uh, been an interesting season, and it continues to be. Um, but I want you to think about something that you're thankful for this morning. I want you to think about what you're thankful for this morning. It's been a, a, a rough season for some sickness. You know, just a lot of fluctuation, a lot of things going on. I was driving down the road the other day, and I saw someone on the on the back of their car. They had a Political bumper, so it looked like a political bumper sticker, but it uh, it was it said "Vote for Giant Meteor," <laughs> and, I, and I had to laugh for a moment because uh, you know that's uh, some of us might feel that way. You might be you might be thinking, man, it would be good right about now to have just a giant meteor hit the earth and maybe reset things. Who knows? But no matter where you're at, where you find yourself at, whether you're joining us online virtually this morning or here in the building. We have something to be thankful for today. I said we have something to be thankful for this morning. So I want you to think about what you're thankful for this morning and begin to just put priority on that gratitude today. You know, Jesus, Jesus leaves us an example in Matthew 26. It says, when evening came, he had sat down with the 12. And as they were eating, he said, assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. I want you to think about the setting that Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. Think about the fact that he knows who his betrayer is. Think about that he knows the intentions of his heart, what's going to be taking place. And as they were exceedingly sorrowful, each one of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and he said, he who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. And the Son of Man indeed goes, just as it is written of him, but woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Hmm. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? And he said to him, You have said it. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread. He blessed it and he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and he gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. I wonder, you know, I've said it before, but I, I wonder what it sounds like when Jesus sings. <laughs> you know, what, it, what did it sound like when Jesus sang a hymn 
over his disciples. I wonder what it, I wonder what it was like when Jesus gave thanks. So today we're gonna give thanks and, and worship the Lord together. Why don't you join me? Why don't you stand with me this morning? We're gonna worship the Lord together in song and and in our uh, Seder and Thanksgiving. Come on, let's worship together.
Lord, oh my soul, all that is within me, bless his name, praise the Lord, oh my soul, all that is within me, bless his name, praise the Lord, oh my soul, all that is within me, bless his name, praise the Lord, oh my soul, all that is within me, bless his name. Praise 
Come on, put your hands together. Come on, let's praise you. Jesus, you're the author. Come on, sing You're the author, the finisher. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, you're the captain of our salvation. Jesus, you're the author, the finisher of our faith. Jesus, one more time. We look to you, you're the author. Give me praise this morning. Come on. Give Jesus praise this morning. Come on. You could do better than that. Give Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, praise. Jesus, we bless you. Jesus, we bless you. Jesus. Jesus. Coming King. The coming King. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated this morning. As it's been said already, this morning's going to look a little bit different. If you did not receive a plate with the communion, the, the elements for this morning's feast, uh, if you want to just raise your hand, our ushers are going to make sure you get those. I believe everyone was served, but just in case you didn't, uh, we did our best to make sure they were COVID-friendly, and as you can tell, we, we worked very diligently uh, to do that. But if you're joining us at home, uh, make sure you participate with us this morning and uh, for those of you that are here in the building this morning, obviously it looks a lot different. And those of you that have been with us before for um, our Eucharisteo service, uh, you kind of know what, what's coming. Those of you that haven't been with us before, kind of like, what's going on? What kind of church did I just get to? <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it, it's okay. Uh, but we're going to give thanks today. Amen. We're going to give thanks today. Hallelujah. And so the Seder meal... Um, is usually celebrated at Passover time. And so we do this a little bit different um, in that we do it at Thanksgiving time and we do it intentionally uh, on the Sunday before Thanksgiving every year as a reminder for us to give thanks, that this is our opportunity to give thanks to the Lord, that the same night that Jesus was betrayed, he what, he, Eucharistia, he, he gave thanks. In the middle of, of what he was getting ready to face, what he was going through, while we were still sinners, while we were still uh, enemies of God, Christ died for you and I. And he gave thanks in the middle of, of, the, of that situation. So when we find ourselves in the middle of 2020 and the chaos of the year and all that's going on around us, it, you know, I, I've got bad news for you. I'm sorry I couldn't make it better. But life is going to get a little bit more crazy. That this is What you've seen is nothing compared to what's coming if, if you've tuned into the Bible, if you've read your Bible at all, what's coming on the earth, this, what we're experiencing, fails in comparison to what's coming. And uh, so I just want to encourage you that it's, it's better for you to learn to be thankful now uh, and learn how to clothe yourself in gratitude now in the middle of life's craziness, even, even whatever it is right now, and just prepare for what's coming. That You know, can we just do that this morning? I know we've just worshiped, but can you just... Just humor me, if nothing else. Come on, let's just worship him. In our own words, Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, we come this morning, Lord, to just worship you, to thank you. 
Lord, we do this uh, illustrated sermon just a little bit different this morning, just to, just to capture our attention, just to, to get our eyes readjusted, Lord, to get, our, get the filters, the, the junk of this world taken off our eyes and to say, Lord, we just want to say thank you. Lord, we come into your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise this morning. We just want to say thank you for the breath in our lungs. We just want to say thank you for your goodness. We want to say thank you for your mercy. Thank you for healing. Thank you for wholeness. Thank you, Lord, that we gather together together to worship. Lord, we can come together to worship you. Lord, that we can be in the building together worshiping you and encouraging one another. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, say that with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 So for seven days, but the Bible says in Exodus 12, verse 19, it says that for seven days no leaven shall be found in your houses, since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a stranger or native of the land, you shall eat nothing leavened, and all your dwellings you shall eat unleavened bread. And so during the Feast of unleavened bread, no food containing yeast or leaven is to be consumed. In many homes, an extensive search was conducted prior to Passover, and all traces of yeast were to be cleared from the home, some even using a feather to get into the recesses of their cabinets to make sure that the yeast was all cleared out. There could not be anything of yeast in the house. In the cabinets, anywhere, sin, the Bible, Jesus teaches us that sin is like yeast. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Verses 6 through 8, it says, Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you are truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of what sincerity and truth. And so Jesus teaches us, and Paul writes here in Corinthians, that we are to keep the, the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So the, the leaven was removed for the home, or the yeast. Now, I want you to just take a look at just, have you seen yeast? How fine the yeast, I mean, I don't know if you can even see that out there uh, in the lights. Maybe the light will catch it, but just how fine that yeast really is. And, and that's how detailed of a search was conducted. And, and that's why, uh, you know, David in Psalm says, search my heart, O God. Know the, the thoughts, the wicked ways that are in me. And th that is the degree to which we ought to be searching our lives. Lord, search my heart, even for the finest, littlest sin. Let nothing stand between us. You know, we, we often think about sin. What are the big sins in my life? What are the, what are the big things in my life that separate me from God? What, you know, maybe, maybe I, I didn't go commit adultery or I didn't go uh, get drunk or I didn't go, you know, get, you know, whatever. I didn't go do and list the things. Oh, but is there a little, little bit of lying in your heart? Is there a little bit of jealousy in your heart? Is there a little bit of greed in your heart? Is there, that, no, shout me down when I'm telling you the truth this morning. There, is, there a, is there a little bit of leaven in your heart? And, and we are 
told that we ought to search our hearts, to cleanse our hearts. Around the church this morning, there are some leavens around the church. There's some things made with yeast. And so I'm going to invite you, like they would the kids at the Seder meal, to have a look. Get up. Everybody get up, stand on your feet, and uh, maybe there nearby you there are some things tucked away in the pews. Help me find the yeast items. So if you can look for those and bring them right up here, put them up on the platform. Uh, go ahead and look for all your yeast. I'm going to clean up my yeast mess up here. We're going to, you know, try to get rid of all the yeast. So go ahead and find your yeast. And just go ahead and bring those things up here. Y'all are finding some yummy things. I don't know about that mac and cheese, though. <laughs> but these baked chips sure are looking good. <laughs> All right, I need somebody to help me. Uh, Tony, can you help me real quick? I need to get rid of this yeast. So if you can, uh, well, that's not, that's matzah. We don't want to get rid of that. <laughs> we might need that. I'll give you that. There you go. Y'all can just go deal with all that. That'd be great. Don't eat it. All right. So now that we've dealt with that, this, the Bible says in Exodus 12, verse 14, the Passover day, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, this will be a day for you to remember and celebrate as a festival to Adonai. From generation to generation, you are to celebrate it. By participating in this tradition, all can share the experience of physical and spiritual liberation and redemption. Have you come to the Lord's table today feeling shackled by the bonds of daily life? You know, we're, we're facing, uh, there's a lot of restrictions in life today. There's a lot happening. And maybe you feel restricted. Maybe you feel the weight of, of COVID. Maybe you feel the weight of finances. Whatever it is, maybe you're feeling the weight of sin today. I invite you to share in this celebration of deliverance, for God is the same yesterday, he's the same God today, and he's the same God forever. So today we offer thanksgiving and we offer praise for our deliverance. I'm going to invite my wife to come and she's going to light the candles as we begin. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe. You have sanctified us by your word and given us Yeshua, the Messiah, and commanded us to be a light to the world. As a woman begins this cedar by bringing light to the table, let us remember that God used a woman to bring forth our Messiah, the light of the world. Amen. So at this time, we're going to begin with the first cup and begin our meal. We're going to sing a song together of repentance and purification. Just as we've searched our hearts, we're going to begin with a song to remind ourselves to search our hearts and to repent of our sin. If there's sin in your heart today, there's, if there's a little bit of leaven, we cleared out the leaven. But if, if there's leaven in your heart, deal with that in this moment. So just grab one of those juices, if you will. And I'm going to invite our worship team. Thank you, Jesus. 
me past the outer core into the holy place past the brazen altar lord i want to see your face pass me by the crowds of people and the priests who sing your praise i hunger and thirst for your righteousness but it's only found one place. Take me in to the holy, your holy. Take me in by the blood of the Lamb. Take me in to the holy of holy. the cup of sanctification in Exodus chapter 6 verses 6 and 7 says I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians let's recite this together blessed are you O Lord our God ruler of the universe who has chosen us out of all the people of the world and made us holy through your word with love you have given us commandments to follow festivals for rejoicing holidays for gladness, and this feast of Passover 
an anniversary to remember our freedom and this season of deliverance to remember the departure from Egypt. You have chosen us. You have given us this holy festival with loving kindness and blessed us with your favor. The cup is a symbol of joy. As we drink this cup, we are reminded of the joy which is ours as a result of salvation. Let's lift our cups together and just thank him. Lord Jesus, thank you for the cup of sanctification. Thank you, Jesus, that you have sanctified us. You have set us apart as holy. Lord, even in our mother's womb, you knew us and set us apart. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. Amen. Let's drink together this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. At this time, they would wash their hands. We wash our hands. He saved us, Titus tells us in Titus 3, 5. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The, The Lord washes us. He washes us. His word washes over us. The Holy Spirit renews us today. We're washed by the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. We're thankful for that. We are now coming to the part of the Seder, which we wash our hands. We did. It's a symbolic act, purification, and the imitation of the priest. When the priest would go in, they would wash their hands in the laver. And it was a sign. It was washing themselves. It's the holy place. They couldn't go into the holy place in the temple until they had washed their hands. We have entrance into the temple. We have entrance into the holy place today because Jesus has washed us. He's washed us with his blood. In Psalms 24, it says, Lord, we pray that our hearts also will be clean before you. You are not just, not just our hands. You know, I think about this and, you know, let me just, I'm just going to divert from the, from the script for a moment, but I just, I think about that moment in the, in the room there with Jesus as he's washing his disciples' feet. You know, there, there he is. He's, he's going around, washing the feet, taking the place of the servant. It wasn't just, it wasn't just a, an act of service, and it was, but it wasn't just an act of service. He was demonstrating for them what, what had been practiced in the Passover, and he was saying that this, there's more to this. There's more to this than just washing your hands. There's, there's more to this than just washing your feet. There's, you, and he tells Peter, Peter said, then wash all of me. If, if that's what it's about, then, then wash all of me. And that's, that's really what it's about, is that Jesus would have every part of your life, that all of you would be cleaned, cleansed, all of you would be set apart. In the ceremony of breaking I'm going to break the middle. There's three pizzas of matzah here, and I, I'm going to take the middle one, and I'm, I'm going to break that and remove a half of that. And we wrap this as symbolic of Jesus, whose body was broken and, and wrapped and buried in a grave for us. I'm just going to ask everyone to cover their eyes. Nobody looking, because I'm going to hide this, just as Jesus was buried. All right, you can open your eyes. (laughs) And so Jesus was buried, and so we've broken even the 
middle matzah. There are always three matzah wrapped together for Passover with various explanations. Of course, if you're very traditional there, uh, the rabbis call the three a unity representing Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or the priests, the Levites, and the people. Of course, we believe, as believers in Yeshua, Jesus, we believe that the symbolism is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And of course, the middle matzah was broken as a sign of, of the Son's body who is buried for us. His body was wrapped for burial. You know, if, you've, if you take a look at the matzah, you notice the, even in your cups, there's bruising. On, it looks like bruising on the bread. Just a reminder that Christ's body was broken and bruised for us. The traditional recitation begins with the following words. This is the bread of affliction which our ancestors ate in the land of Egypt. May all who are hungry come and eat. May all who are needy come and celebrate the Passover with us. Isaiah 55.1 says, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. And may we show his goodness to others. May our brothers and our sisters, wherever they are, remember the liberty that our Messiah has obtained for them knowing that no physical bondage can destroy freedom in Christ. In Exodus 12, verse 26, it says, when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean, then tell them. You know, I think it's important for us. We've, we've lost, in, in modern church world, we've lost the importance of telling our children the story. We, we relegate that to the children's ministry or to school or to wherever. And the Bible clearly instructs us that as believers, it is our job, it is my responsibility, it is your responsibility to tell the story of God's goodness to our children. Have you taken time to, to tell the story of God's goodness to your children? I mean, have you told them your story? Do they know the goodness of God in your life? Do they know what God's done in you? Do you talk about how Jesus met you at the altar? Do you talk about how Jesus saved your life? Do you talk about the goodness of God? So Exodus tells us that when our children ask, why do we do these things? Why do you go to church? Why do you go down to the altar? Why do they lay hands on people? Why do you take communion? Why do you get water baptized? Why do you celebrate this? Why do you do these things? The Bible tells us, tell them. Tell them about the goodness of the Lord. Tell them why we celebrate the goodness of God. The very essence of the biblical observances is to pass from generation to generation the miracles and the faithfulness of our God. It is both a duty and a privilege to answer these four questions posed by the children that, that during the Seder meal that they would, the children would ask these questions. And so we're going to ask these questions together. They're going to put them on the screen for you. And I'd like for us all to recite them together. Let's do that. Why is this night different from all other nights? On this night, why do we eat only matzah? On this night, why do we eat only bitter herbs? On this night, why do we dip twice? On this night, why do we only recline? I'm going to ask those who are going to reply to those questions, our readers, to come forward, and they're going to help me out here in just a moment. Today is different because we remember that our people were slaves in Egypt under Pharaoh, and our God brought us out with strength and the might of his hand. If God had not brought us out, we would still be slaves in Egypt. We would not be a people. 
And in the fullness of time came the Lamb of God, a son of Jacob, and in him we have our redemption. It is a story of God's love and justice and care for those who are poor and whose hope is in him. The matzah reminds us of the haste in which our ancestors left Egypt. For the dough had not the time to rise, but baked hard and flat in the desert sun. The bitter herbs remind us of the bitterness of the bondage of slavery. We remember also that Messiah, our Passover, set us free from the bitterness of the bondage of sin. We dip twice, first as a symbol of replacing our tears with joy, and a second to taste the bitterness, knowing that Yeshua is our sweetness in the bitter times of life. Reclining is a symbol of the free man who can eat in leisure. There's oftentimes they would keep a pillow, uh, a reminder that you could sit back and relax and recline at the table and remember the freedom that the Lord brought. Blessed, let's recite this together before we read. Blessed be God who has given us Yeshua, our Passover lamb, who has set us free from the bitterness of the bondage of sin. To avoid a terrible famine, God led our ancestors to the land of Egypt to find subsistence. This is a story in which God's great providence is demonstrated. Joseph suffered many hardships. His brothers, the sons of Jacob, sold him into slavery, telling his father he was dead. He was imprisoned in Egypt on false charges, but Joseph kept himself pure and continued to trust in God, and God raised Joseph to the highest position in the land of Egypt under Pharaoh to be the source of the provision for his family. Joseph's brothers came to Egypt during a time of famine and didn't recognize their brother Joseph. After Joseph taught them a lesson, they were reunited in love, and his family came to Egypt to survive the famine. Many years later, a pharaoh arose who did not know Joseph. He oppressed the Israelites, forcing them into slavery. The original 70 had increased greatly, and Pharaoh feared that their numbers would be added to his enemies. He not only kept them enslaved, but also slew the male babies to keep their numbers small. Moses, however, was saved by his mother, sending him down the Nile in a basket. He was found and raised by Pharaoh's daughter. Later in his life, Moses rose up and defended his people and had to flee for his life to the land of Midian. In Hebrews 11, we read that Moses chose being mistreated along with God's people rather than enjoying the passing pleasures of sin. He had come to regard abuse suffered on behalf of the Messiah as greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he kept his eyes fixed on the reward. It was in the land of Midian that God, from the burning bush, called Moses to lead the exodus of his people. He gave Moses his promise of special intervention to counter the stubborn, rebellious heart of Pharaoh, who would not heed God's voice. There were many plagues visited upon the Egyptians to force them to free our people. 
In this we know of all of God's mercy to the oppressed. Finally, after ten great plagues, Pharaoh allowed the people freedom, although he changed his mind many times. It was only the death of the firstborn of the sons of Egypt that finally brought deliverance. The Hebrew people were protected as they had followed God's word. They had obeyed God's instructions and taken a lamb, one for each household. They had slain the Passover lamb and applied its blood to their doorposts. And when God saw the blood of the lamb upon the door of the house, he passed over and all were spared. Even so, we must at our meal imagine that night and the danger of our firstborn as if we were there. The angel of death passes over because of the sacrificed lamb, but the sons of Egypt are destroyed. Even so, God has passed over us and freed us from his judgment through Messiah, our Passover. God alone works salvation for us. By the strength of his own arm, he redeemed mankind. Though Pharaoh let the people go, he recanted once more. He sent his armies to recapture the children of Israel. However, it was then that God parted the waters for Israel to pass through. Pharaoh's men followed, only to be swallowed and drowned by the return of the waters. The exodus from Egypt was complete. Israel was free. Amen. Let's recite this together. The exodus from Egypt is a type of the greater exodus from the slavery of sin. We have, through our Messiah, as the ancient Israelites did, we now look to the greater promised land, the land of resurrection and eternal life, which shall be ours at the return of our Messiah. Amen. When men defy the will of God, they bring pain and suffering upon themselves. The law of God brings blessing and prosperity. Messiah said, I have not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Not one jot or tittle shall pass from the law until all be fulfilled. Matthew 5, 17 through 18. Egypt received the judgment of God for defying God's command. We also know that the plagues were intended to demonstrate to the Egyptians that their gods were not gods at all and were powerless against the one true God. And yet, because all people are created in God's image, we mourn the destruction they suffered. Indeed, we mourn for all who, in turning from God, reap the sad fruit of destruction and loss. The psalmist said, my cup overflows. A full cup symbolizes fullness of joy. But when others turn from God and suffer, as did Pharaoh, we cannot be full of joy. Therefore, even our joy is diminished as we recall the plagues God used to obtain our freedom. We have tasted the bread of affliction and the bitter herbs which remind us of the Israelites' deep sorrow and the haste of their flight out of Egypt. But what of the Passover lamb? 
At this time in the Seder, the people would remember the plagues and dip their finger into their cup of juice and allow a drop of juice to fall onto their napkin for each of the ten plagues. I'm not going to ask you to do that because you don't have anything to, <laughs> to trip. Please don't do this onto the pews or the carpet. Thank you. Um, so I will, I will do this in demonstration for you. Uh, but I, I will invite you. They're going to put uh, on the screen the, the ten plagues, and I would like for us to recite those together as I diminish the cup. So let's do that. Blood, frogs, lice, beast, cattle, disease, boils, hail, I was going to invite the readers to be seated, but they already moved. <laughs> yes, it would have been enough. It would have been more than enough had he simply rescued us from slavery. It would have been enough, but he did far more than this. He brought us through the sea to stand upon dry ground. It would have been enough, it would have been more than enough, but then he met our every need in the desert for 40 years. He provided, he provided food, manna from heaven. He gave us water and made our clothes to last throughout the length of the years. Yes, it would have been enough, but more than this he did provide. He gave us a day of rest. He gave us his law. He gave us his law that we might know the fullness of his will and his promises, and how to live as a people set apart for him alone. All these things he did, and he provided for us. Yes, it would have been enough, more than enough. In the fullness of time, in accordance with his promise he made through the law, he sent Messiah for his people. He sent Jesus for you and I, who became our sacrifice and our way to salvation. Let's recite Psalms 113 and praise the Lord together. There we go. Hallelujah. Servants of Adonai, give praise. Give praise to the name of Adonai from this moment on and forever. From sunrise until sunset, Adonai's name is to be praised. Adonai is high above all nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like Adonai, our God, seated in the heights, humbling himself to look on heaven and earth? He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the rubbish heap in order to give him a place among princes, among the princes of his people. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise, Lord. At this time, we're going to prepare to drink our next cup, the cup of praise. I'm going to invite you to worship with us, so wait before you drink it. We'll worship, and then we'll drink. Feel free to stand if you want or stay seated, but let's worship. I will sing of your goodness. I will sing of your love. Though the seasons come quickly, you have always been enough. Though the night may get darker, though the waiting seems long, you have always been faithful to remind me of your love. You
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just thank him. Come on, just praise him this morning. Jesus, you're so good to me. In your own words, come on. Jesus, you're so good to me. Jesus, you're so good to me. Jesus, you're so good. Your goodness is new every day. Your mercies are new every morning. Your goodness is abounding to me. Jesus, you're so good. So, so good. <laughs> your goodness is dripping. The abundance of your house is dripping over me. Jesus, you're good to me. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed are you, O oh God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. Lord, we bless you today. Let's drink the second cup together this morning. this time we wash our hands again. Hebrews 10, 22 says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. You know, I want to tell you this morning, no matter what you're carrying, no matter what you came in with here today, you know, it's not an accident that you're here this morning. It doesn't matter whether you're a regular or you're just, this is your first time here or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not an accident. It's not an accident that you're tuning in online this morning. That Jesus can cleanse your conscience clean. Hebrews, Hebrews says that he cleanses us to the uttermost. He saves us to the uttermost. He cleanses our conscience clean. No matter what skeleton is hanging out in your closet, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's tormenting you or taunting you, those memories, those things, Jesus can cleanse it, cleanse it clean. He will obliterate the very existence of that. You know, in, 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 in Acts, it says, repent, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. But it, there's, a, there's a phrase in there that says that he'll wipe out, he'll clean, he'll erase, he'll obliterate the record of wrongs that are against you. The record of wrongs that you keep and the record of wrongs that heaven keeps, they're all obliterated. Jesus can cleanse your conscience clean. You don't have to keep carrying the weight of your sin. You don't have to keep carrying the weight of yesterday. Come on, somebody. That's good preaching. You don't have to, you don't have to carry the weight of yesterday. Whatever that yesterday is, whatever that problem is, whatever that sin was, the thing that you thought you'd never do, the place you thought you'd never go, the thing you said you thought you'd never say, Jesus can cleanse your conscience clean. It's not just another leaf, a good, a good New Year's resolution, another leaf turned over. He obliterates the very record of it and makes you a new creation in Christ. He makes all things new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I might preach while we do this, by the way. And in the fullness of time, the Lord brought forth our Messiah, the true bread that came down from heaven, the manna of our lives, and the fulfillment of the law. He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. Jesus said there's no other way that he's the bread that came down from heaven. If you're hungry today, 
Stop looking for food in all the wrong places. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the natural food. I know there's a food shortage out there and things are happening all around us. There's toilet paper shortages. Again, I know all that's happening, but there is, there's a bread that came down from heaven. He is the bread of life. He's the one that we feast on. He's the one that nourishes our soul today. He cares for you and I. He protects us. He leads us. Even as we are aliens and and strangers in a foreign land, he leads us, he directs us. How great and numerous are all the kindnesses which our Lord has shown upon us. Each act of goodness we're grateful for. So in preparation for the meal, we'll again wash our hands as we did. And we'll begin to prepare to eat the matzah with the bitter herbs. Those are provided for you in in a little portion cup if you want to grab those. Before we eat that, we're going to worship together before we eat this. Uh, And I want to tell you, the bitter herbs are bitter, so just be prepared. (laughs) They're they're the full strength today, so you could have, we'll only dip once if you wanted to know. (laughs) Let's worship.
bless you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. On Passover, we're commanded to eat bitter herbs. As sweet as our life of freedom is today, let us remember the bitterness of past generations. Let us remember the bitterness of our sin. As we put a small amount of horseradish on a piece of matzah, let us remember the bitter taste that brings tears to our eyes and allow compassion to come into our hearts for those who have suffered bondage and oppression. Let us remember those who are in bondage to sin. Let us remember that we have been liberated from the bondage of sin. At the Last Supper, this is when Judas would have been handed the bitter herbs from Jesus and would have left to betray him. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, our King of the universe, who has sanctified us and has commanded us to eat bitter herbs. Let's eat together. I hear the bitter herbs out there. At a traditional Passover, those present would have dipped twice. They would have ate of the bitter herbs twice to remember the bondage in Egypt and then to remember that our bitter circumstances are sweetened by the hope that we have in God. Also at this time is where the Passover meal would have been served. So today we are not serving you a meal. Although if you need groceries, there's bags in the foyer. Today, we remember our deliverance from the weight of sin, and that we've been delivered from the bondage of sin, and we offer our, our thanks to the Lord. So I'm going to invite my wife to come. She's going to receive our morning tithes and offerings at this time, and give you information about the Christmas boxes and everything that's going on, and then our worship team's going to come. Precious time. This is one of my favorite services of the year. Um, it's a beautiful picture. Um, so just a couple of announcements. Um, our administrative offices are closed this coming week. Um, so if you need anything, um, message us on Facebook. There is an answering service. Um, so we are available um, for emergencies and things like that. But the office is closed, so there won't be any um, groceries or anything uh, like packing done this week during the week. Um, so our staff can be home with their families. Um, we do have our church-wide Christmas party coming up. Um, we love this party. It's a family Christmas. So get your Christmas pajamas out. Yes, we'll be wearing ours. And um, it, it'll be a fun COVID-friendly social distancing um, Christmas party in the foyer. But that's coming up on Wednesday, December 9th. We try to have that at the beginning of the Christmas season so that way as it gets closer to the Christmas holiday with family um, parties, it doesn't get too crazy. So make plans to join us for that. Um, and then in the meet, and you might have a very special reading of a very special book. And if you, if you were there last year, you'll remember, and I won't give it away. Um, but if you don't know, you'll have to just come and see the Cajun accent in action. So... Um, 
If you notice, um, and for those of you that are, have been here for a few years, you understand what the uh, boxes and envelopes up front are. Um, and for those that are new, I'll explain a little bit to you. But every year um, at Christmas time, our um, board um, has us bless our church staff and their families for Christmas. And, you know, this year, as I was thinking this morning and looking at the boxes and, um, you know, our staff has expanded and we've got some new names in the boxes and, and envelopes. And just thinking back over the past year, above all years, you know, the staff and their families have made um, some very significant sacrifices to serve our community. And I'm, su I mean, super sacrifices. And um, they would do it all over again. That's the beauty of it, is their hearts are here for the people. Of, of really the whole region of Northeast Ohio, the Great Lakes region, to see the area impacted for Christ. And so in all the boxes um, are um, instructions. It's children's names um, of all church staff, and it's got their age and their sizes and things that they like and directions. And so you can um, fill it with whatever you'd like. This information inside is just to help you get to know a little bit about the child. And those... Um, all have to come back by December 6th because at our Christmas party, we pray over the staff and their families and children and give them the boxes. And um, it's a super fun way um, to connect with the families. And then at the envelopes, all of the teenagers of staff members and their, the staff and their spouses are all in the envelopes. Um, and with just some, some suggestions of places they frequent, um, for gift cards and something simple. So at this time, and before this, we... This is in lieu of pastor appreciation. Yes, this is. we don't um, do collections or anything for pastor's appreciation in October anymore. This is um, in lieu of that. And we don't do it just for the pastors. We do it for the entire staff because really our entire staff um, makes, makes it happen. And, um, and not just the staff, but their families. So, you know, their family sacrificed the late nights, the early mornings, the long days. Um, the kids this year really have gotten into and really understand what's serving and how they impact, which is funny because our kids, which I'll have to stop so we can get back to you, Cristeo, but our kids are so invested in groceries that they don't want to be in the back anymore on Wednesdays for grocery distribution. They want to come up front, and I'm like, there's no safe way for a seven-year-old to be out here. <laughs> and so especially not a four-year-old, but that's how invested they are in just serving the community. And so um, that's, what, that's what these boxes and envelopes all represent. So if you're watching at home and you're like, hey, I usually get one and I want one or two or however many um, messages online, and that way I will um, put some aside for you after service and send you the information. Um, I'll text it or email it to you um, for what's inside the boxes so you can still participate um, and then just drop the stuff off um, at the church office. So at this time, if you'd like to take a box or an envelope, feel free to come on up as we get ready um, to share scripture for our tithes and offerings. Uh, and if you aren't sure what, they, what that is all about, um, we can help you after service. Media, we're going to go to John 8 and verse 36.
So thank you all. And again, if those online, if you want um, something, just shoot us a message on Messenger and let us know. So we're going to take a look at John 8.36 really quick as we get ready to receive our tithes and offerings today. And it says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And really at this you know, time of year and in all the craziness of 2020, we as believers are free in Christ Jesus. And what a time to be thankful for the life that he's delivered us from and brought us into. And so I, I pray for you and your family members this holiday that really that you and I would continue to find the fullness of the freedom that Christ provided. Free from sin and death, free from pride, free from anger, free from unforgiveness, free from addiction, freedom from this world, free to love and be loved, free to dream yet again. And so I, I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful for each one of you. I'm thankful for this staff. I'm thankful for my husband and for the leadership that he provides for us. What a leader we have. And um, I'm just believing for greater things to come. If you're joining today, we're going to put the offering plates up front. Um, if you came to, um, to give with cash or checks, you can, we can give in the plates. If not, you can go to ccakron.org and select give, and you can give online. That way it will walk you through the steps. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the Son. I thank you for the Son who's come to give us life and life abundantly. Jesus, thank you for giving your life so that we might be free. Wash us, cleanse us once again today. Help us to walk in the fullness of your freedom. Father, I pray blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon every household today. Lord, as we sow into your kingdom, pour out your blessings to your people. Let's, let's worship.
water baptism at the end. I know that there were some who are interested in water baptism. You know, I want to encourage you um, to get baptized this morning. I know some are planning to get baptized for the first time. Some have recommitted. You know, you might be here this morning, wasn't planning on getting water baptized, but you need to bury some things. There's some stuff in your life that Jesus is setting you free, and you just need to get in the water and just bury some stuff. Uh, I would encourage you. You say, well, I didn't come prepared for that. That's okay. We have clothes and towels. Uh, in the back for you, that we can help you with that. We're going to do that at the end. Uh, we'll give you instruction in just a moment about that. But, uh, you know, I just, I want to tell you last, so last week, um, you know, you, you see out here what's happening, you know, you try, well, some of it you can see, some of it happens below, you can't even, you know, see, but, um, but we had uh, Michelle's leg got healed. She was, she's been, she's been struggling with nerve pain in her legs for months. I mean, it's been quite a while. And she was, she was floating on top of the water <laughs> back there. And uh, she looked like a little bobble, fish bobble back there. It was funny. Got healed. and was in the back hall running, running after total heal. Brandon had, he got in the pool with back pain, got out of the pool without back pain. He's been healed. Lisa came up. Uh, it was awesome. I mean, I could go every person. It was awesome. It was awesome. So, so get baptized today. Step into the waters and let, let's see what God will do. So just be prepared. That's coming at the end. It was at this time that the hidden matzah would be searched for and found. The piece of bread was the substitute for the Passover lamb in which the days of old was the final food of the Seder feast. They would, they would eat the, the matzah bread. It's the representation of Christ who was buried and hidden and was resurrected. And so finding, going after and finding the bread was, was the resurrection, was finding him. It was at this point in the Last Supper where Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. So before we, before we move on to that, that part, uh, I, the bread is hidden. Who can find it? Don't all jump at once. Somebody find the bread. Somebody can find the bread. It's, I didn't hide it that hard. Come on. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you. We'll just stick that right there. It was at this point where Jesus instituted the Last Supper, and so we read it from Matthew when we began today. He's the living bread that came down from heaven. With his blood, he purchased our freedom from sin and death. We are thankful and will remember his sacrifice. It was the cup of redemption. In Exodus 6, 6, it says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. The third cup was traditionally been a cup of celebration for the freedom and deliverance that comes from God. We know that this is the cup that Jesus lifted up when he said, this is the blood of the new covenant that was poured out for the forgiveness of sins. That when he took the cup of redemption, he said, this is my body, this is my blood. He took that cup and said, this cup that, that you've been drinking for hundreds of years, this is, this cup is my blood that's shed for the remission of many. It's, the, it's that forgiveness of sins that comes in Christ's blood. So we're going to be thankful of Christ's blood today. So I'm going to encourage you to get that uh, third cup ready. And then I want us to recite this together. O Lord, our God, we wish to give you thanks for all of your good gifts and the freedom you have purchased for us, which comes through the mighty working of your spirit. We pray that you will give strength to your chosen people, bless them with peace, and may we never depart from your ways. We are about to drink of the third cup in gratitude for the freedom which the Lord granted and in thankfulness for the earth's bounties from which we have eaten. We thank you, Adonai, in the name of our Messiah, Lord Jesus. Let's drink together. The place at the table, you can kind of see, I didn't obviously set a whole place or whole seat at the table, but there was a place that was left and it was called the place of Elijah. It was prophesied that Elijah would return to prepare the way of the Messiah. It said that this seat was occupied. This is where Jesus may have sat during the Last Supper. It reminds us that our Messiah is coming back for his people. And so we open the doors to Christ today and say, come, Lord Jesus. Come, come quickly. The Spirit and the Bride say, come, Lord Jesus. So just as we acknowledge that, that, that seat of Elijah, that place of Jesus, saying, Lord, we, we're looking forward to that day where we're going to sit down together with him. And so shall we ever be, the Bible says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. In Matthew 26, 29, Jesus said, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So I'm going to invite you to get your, we're not going to drink it yet, but we're going we're to sing together, and I'm going to invite you to get that fourth cup ready. Come on, will you stand with me this morning and let's worship together. the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant, Moses. 
righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sword, still we are the voice in the desert crying, prepare ye the way of love. Behold, he comes, riding on clouds, shining like the sun, at the trumpet calls. dry bones becoming as flesh. And these are the days of your servant David rebuilding a temple of praise. And these are the days of the harvest. The fields are as wide in your cleansed me, he's washed me, he's made me new, <laughs> but he's made me his own. 
He's given me his name. I, I have the name, the seal of the Holy Ghost on my life, that I am his and he is mine. He's given me the spirit of adoption, the sonship of heaven, that I can cry, Abba, Father. The, yeah. <laughs> Woo, not only has he made a way, but he's made a seat for me at the table. He's made a place for me. He's redeemed me. He's set me free. And he said, come, come and feast, come and eat at the table of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's drink together this morning. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Just say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> just thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You fill my mouth with good things. You fill my mouth with laughter and shouts of joy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Of your sweetness. I've I've tasted, Lord. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> 